Well, God knows that there's plenty of negative things to go over. Maybe we'll get to some of those in the show today. But I'm in too good a mood to dwell on that right now. It's Friday. It's payday for me. Hopefully it is for you. I'm looking at a fun-filled weekend. And we're getting a tax break. Can you believe it? This headline from the Epic Times, IRS releases inflation adjustments for 2023 taxes. Here's what it means for you. And I'm not going to go into the brass tax. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) As the cost of living has soared for Americans battling against chronic inflation, the IRS may be bringing some welcome relief. The federal agency announced on October 18th a string of new annual inflation adjustments that will impact the 2023 tax year, potentially bringing a boost to your paycheck, particularly if your salary hasn't kept up with the increasing cost of living. Now, when when I first read this headline, I thought, oh, oh, good. They're going to raise our taxes to compensate for inflation because, you know, the government has to pay for things that are all more expensive for them as well. But not so. Tax rates are typically adjusted for inflation annually by the IRS. So this is nothing new, but with red-hot inflation currently at a 40-year high in the United States, this year's changes are likely to feel more significant for millions of Americans. The adjustments will impact individual income tax brackets, deductions, and credits for next year, potentially bringing relief to taxpayers who may now fall into lower tax brackets. The standard deduction is typically used by most people who don't itemize their taxes and reduces the amount of income you must pay taxes on under the new annual inflation in, in <laughs> slow it down under the new annual inflation adjustments announced by the IRS the standard deduction for married couples filing jointly in 2023 is $27,700 up 1800 or 7% from the prior year <laughs> which which makes me laugh because inflation is up over 8% but hey they're trying, okay? And I don't, I, I don't know why. I can't figure it out. Isn't I just saying yesterday, like, they don't care about us at all. They want us all to die. But I guess they had to do something. I don't know. Maybe this is, I mean, this wasn't a heavily covered story from a couple of days ago. I mean, I guess that's because there was bigger news to cover a couple of days ago. You know, according to the globalist elite leadership that needs to cultivate the information, they need to tell you what is important. But man, that's great. I got some, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that claims zero 
uh, dependence on my W-2 so I get maximum tax return cash. It's like uh, it's like a little savings account. At least that's the concept. They hold out. They hold max taxes out from my paycheck, but then I get a nice cash injection at tax return time. And I got some debt I'd like to pay off. And that's what I plan on doing with it. If I didn't have some debt, who knows what I'd, maybe I'd, maybe I'd buy that wood, that wood burning stove or those solar panels. But I'm not one of those people that is opposed to paying interest. You know, I don't, uh, I don't like taking on bigger monthly payments to have a shorter loan term. I like having small monthly payments. And I mean, I don't know if that's that, that's what feels right to me. Maybe, you know, Dave Ramsey, that economist that everybody likes, maybe he, he would probably tell me I'm, I'm dumb for doing that. But right now, with the cost of everything exploding, isn't it nice to have a little bit more cash from month to month instead of blowing it all out on big payments to keep your your the 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 term on your loan short? You know, if you you buy a car with a 36 month loan, I mean for me, that would mean my car payments are twice the size that they are right now. And I couldn't, I mean, if, if that were the case for me, I'd be totally screwed. But this tax break, being able to save or, or being able to uh, get a little more cash at the beginning of the year means I'm going to pay off some debts and I'm going to have fewer monthly payments to make on loans and credit card bills, etc. And I hope, you know, I hope your economic situation isn't as tight as mine, but I think it's uh it's pretty tight for everybody. And that's that's why I have a hard time com- condemning this loan forgiveness effort that the Biden administration has been going on about. On one hand, I I think, because see, here's, here's the thing. It's not really forgiveness. That's the biggest issue I take with it. Because what's going to happen is the government is going to spend our tax dollars on paying off the loans of the people that qualify. Which brings me to the next issue that I take, you know, that I have a problem with. There's, there isn't a lot of uh, vetting involved with the application process, as you may have heard. It seems uh, a little too easy to exploit in terms of income verification. 
It relies a little bit on the honor system. You don't have to submit pay stubs. And people are going to be allowed. I mean, it seems people are going to be allowed to cheat the system. The same way they cheated the COVID paycheck protection programs and the other handouts that came along during the pandemic. My household doesn't even have a whole lot of college loan debt to pay off, but I I feel like why shouldn't I why shouldn't I take advantage of it? Why shouldn't you take advantage of it? It's our taxes that are going to pay for all of it. Now, I don't personally have any college loans to deal with, but I married someone who does. That's probably the case for a lot of us. But the number I looked at this morning said 400 billion over 30 years. That is from a national budget standpoint, not a lot of money. So is it really that bad? I'm not well, I'm not one of these people that's going to say oh it's it's the Biden and the Democrats doing it so it's bad. I don't agree with it now. I didn't agree with it in the Trump administration. I didn't agree with it in the Obama administration. I am not a fan of partisan politics. It was most disgusting during the impeachment proceedings for Donald Trump. Donald Trump was impeached in the House twice because the Democrats had the majority in the House and they all voted along party lines. They didn't vote their conscience, they didn't vote their constituents. They voted with Nancy Pelosi. All the Democrats voted yes. All the Republicans voted no. For the most part, the result was the same. And why can't we have free-thinking politicians that vote their conscience, will get in front of a camera and say, this is why I did it, Stand on their decision and let the voters decide. Why? Why can't we do that? Why did we elect so many cowardly politicians? Why is politics such an attractive career for slime balls? The money's not that great. Not on its face. What did I see? Uh, Raphael Warnock, the senator from Georgia, he gets uh, one seventy-five a year. I mean, that's pretty good. That's twice what I think the ama- the average American household brings in 
What what what? That's probably more than twice what the American, the average American household. I'm gonna pull it up right now. Bear with me. I'm trying not to pause. All right, we went over this. <laughs> if I had a producer, but this is a one man operation, baby. Six. Okay, average personal income is 63,000 average annual real wage was 67,000 in 2020 and and now hooray it's the median household income 61,000 now <laughs> oops but hey we're getting that tax break we're getting that tax break hopefully I just, I don't know. I'm so full of optimism. I'm also really full of dread. (laughs) But man, I mean, hopefully the elections are going to go good next month. Yes. Hopefully the elections go good next month. We don't get a bunch of, I mean, that's, uh, that's where I start to get a little bit pessimistic because I feel like when, if, and when the Republicans win the Democrats will throw a fit and try to hamstring the Republican leadership moving forward through the next two years. I, I hope that doesn't happen, but we're talking about the left and, and Democrats. So a senator, I mean, specifically the senator from Georgia makes 175K. That's like two and a half times the average household income why isn't that enough i mean the guy like i'm not trying to bash warnock i'm just using him as an example because this data is fresh in my mind makes 175k as a senator he also gets paid 120k a year as a pastor And then he gets other incomes from properties that he owns around the state, which is garnering a little bit of controversy because of his management practices. But I don't, you know, I don't endorse Warnock. I hope Herschel Walker wins in Georgia. But it was like this story that I saw, uh, you know, I, I, I dug into it and I read it. It was one of those kind of hold your nose and take in the information kind of moments because I didn't want to believe the story. And it was that the Trump organization was charging the Secret Service, like, I think almost $1,200 a night to stay in Trump hotels while they were on federal government business during the Trump administration. So the Secret Service working for President Trump and the Trump admin were staying at Trump hotels and then being billed $1,200 a night. And that seems a little (laughs) seems a little shysty on its face. But like typical leftist propaganda, it didn't really go into details. There were there were no quotes from people interviewed 
you know, that that had any information on the on the matter, on the circumstances. And let's not pretend like this doesn't happen for every administration. You know, have you ever heard of prevailing wage jobs in the construction industry? Pre- in, for, for what's called a prevailing wage job. The hourly rate for the workers on that job site is typically $10 more an hour. And the most... The best example I can give you, the closest I was to the situation was public housing in Washington state was paying its construction workers $10, $12 more an hour than they would make on a private job. So why is that okay? Why is it okay for the government to pay construction workers 10 bucks more an hour or 12 or 20 or whatever the number is? But it's not okay to charge whatever your exorbitant nightly rate is in your hotel. Why isn't it okay? Why is it okay for this person and not okay for that person? And that's where I take issue. And I want to take the same approach for Warnock. I don't know how close Warnock is to these decisions involving his properties that he owns. I've considered getting into land management. You know, instead of selling a house, I keep it, I rent it out. And I've talked to other people involved. And it's still, I mean, it's not a bad idea if you're in a position where you could buy some cheap property and rent it out. People are going to be looking for houses to rent. People are also going to be looking for childcare for that matter. So if you're looking for some extra income, that might not be a bad idea. And when it comes to property management, they have property management companies that will manage your rental property for you for a percentage of whatever you're charging for rent. So I think it's safe to assume that Senator Warnock isn't going around to all his properties to mow the grass and trim the hedges and fix the plumbing fixtures. He at least has people in charge of those things. So why wouldn't he also have people in charge. I mean, it's just common sense that you would have employees below you handling the day-to-day operations of your businesses while you're serving as a senator or a governor or a president. Now, I don't think Warnock is a good guy. But the partisan politics game that it's played in the media hurts all of us. We don't need the media to form our opinions for us. We need information. We need as much information as we can get. 
Because the more information we have, the more educated we are. And the more educated we are, the better our ability to form reasonable opinions. And when we can form reasonable opinions, we can decide on our next course of action. And that's why the media is so corrupt. Because we need to be predictable to the globalist leadership. That helps stock prices. That provides stability. And that's why these companies own all of the mainstream media. Because they can feed us the information that they want us to have. And they can use that to predict our behavior. Oh, we made it. It's Friday. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for hanging out. Please rate, review, share, and subscribe. I'll be back. Goodbye.